0: Without trust, there is no capacity for healthy relationships, according to David Horsager, a global trust expert. In Pew Research, 71% of people surveyed think interpersonal confidence has worsened in the past 20 years. Half of those people think that the major reason dragging down such trust is that Americans are not reliable like they used to be. Bible, hundreds of times, and even a metaphor for faith. So what's happened to trust in our culture? My guests will help us unpack and answer that question. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7USA. I publish a new episode of the Unconventional Ministry podcast each week, so check back to previous episodes. They're all unique. They're all interesting, inspiring. There's fresh ideas. You might even find an idea for your own church and your own ministry, so check some of the previous episodes of the Unconventional Ministry podcast. My guest today is Corey Shear, founder and CEO of Trust-Centric Consulting, an organizational trust strategist on a mission to help organizations improve work culture, decrease turnover, and increase employee productivity. So, Corey, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Dennis. It's really a privilege and an honor to be with you today, and, and looking forward to sharing some thoughts and just having a dialogue with you about this vital topic of trust.
0: You've been a business owner. You were dean of uh, William Jewell College in Liberty, Missouri. You've been one of the pastors at a mega church, Pleasant Valley Baptist Church. Uh, now you have this consulting business, so I think you're the right person to come on and, and talk to us about what is happening to trust in America.
1: Well, it's it's been fascinating to of course watch the data over the course of the last several years in in nearly all industries there's been a decline in trust in the perception of trust both interpersonal uh, as well as as structural and and within an organizational and there's a lot of research that talks about the decline of trust and some of the effects of distrust. But my doctoral research and then my subsequent research for the last 10 years has been really focused on how is it that we can strengthen organizational trust with leaders and teams and employees and staff members. Our organization is not necessarily about why trust is important, because I think that trust is a universal truth. We all know that trust is important. We know that it's something that is vital for relationships to grow and to flourish Our organization really focuses on helping teams and leaders understand how to build trust in really tactical and practical ways. But you're right in that over the past several years and really accelerated by certain events, certainly... Uh, the seasons that uh, were affected deeply by by COVID, um, all of those things have really contributed to a
0: decline
1: in, in trust within organizations.
0: So for our podcast listeners, uh, trust, I was just reading some stuff this morning on trust on LinkedIn. It seems that the words used a lot, there's a lot of misunderstanding. So Let's start. How would you define trust? Because then we'll get into some of the misunderstandings and then some of the things that you can do to rebuild that trust. Let's start with how would you define trust for our podcast listeners?
1: Lots of definitions on trust. The one that I I feel most comfortable sharing with individuals, because I think it opens up a lot of conversation, is the definition that I heard um, several years ago, which is trust is the firm belief in the truth of something. And if you were to even condense that even further, the one word for trust, really, it equals truth. And whereas, you know, value is something that equals worth, trust is something that equals truth. Now, the challenge, of course, is how is it that we define what truth is within an organization? And when there is a divergence and when there's inconsistency on a clear definition of that truth, that's where we begin to see. Uh, a, a distraction at a minimum. And then at worst, you begin to start seeing fractures that can occur within teams, within a relationship between a leader and a frontline employee, as an example. And we start seeing these gaps in trust. And so often that goes back to how people are defining what truth is, and then their current belief and whether or not that belief is firm or soft or somewhere in between. So Although it is a universal truth, it's something that we talk about often, and there is a lot of content that has been written about it and a lot of great content that has been written about it. To be able to really sit with and grapple with the implications of not being on the same page, having a clear definition of truth, and then a shared belief in that truth, that's where organizations can begin to really see the damaging effects of distrust.
0: So the one of the problems then may be, with a lack of trust is there's too many definitions or there's too many perceived understandings of what trust is
1: that's exactly right and in how we define it but then also what i have been able to share with a lot of organizations and leaders is if we if we break down the overarching definition of trust into a few really tangible components or what i would call building blocks That's where we begin to get much more clarity on the ingredients or the elements that that ultimately make up whether or not something is trustworthy or not. And that's something that I I was deeply inspired by in my doctoral research 10 years ago by some researchers who had done work within the marketing realm and the airline industry realm over 20 years ago. And their construct, their empirical research that they did, they identified three primary building blocks of trust. The first one is competency, both with the people of an organization, but also the policies and the practices and the procedures. The second building block is problem solving, again, with the people as well as policies and practices. And then the final building block of trust that is required for trust ultimately to be gained over time is a demonstration of care for others. And if an organization or an individual is not focused on and committed to strengthening each of those three building blocks of competency, problem-solving, and care for others. What their research showed, and then, of course, what, as I've done work with with lots of different organizations over the last couple of years, we have seen that to be true, that as competency and problem-solving and or care for others drops, so too will the loyalty of the employees, the loyalty of the customers, the productivity of the employees, the advocacy of those employees. And so when those three individual building blocks begin to break down, that's where we start to see a significant effect. So by utilizing that construct of those three building blocks, we're able to get more and more specific about some of the root cause of why an overall feeling of trust is being broken.
0: Yeah, a lot of the research takes place out in the marketplace, but you've been a pastor, you've worked with a Christian university. What we see in the marketplace in terms of trust, are we seeing the same trends within the church and the lack of trust or misunderstanding of trust? Because it's almost a metaphor of our faith, but if it's so misunderstood in the marketplace, a lot of things in the marketplace find their way into the church.
1: It's true I the the same level of distrust is occurring across all industries and because trust at its core is relational that's where there is there is the individual opportunity between two individuals or between a team or a larger organization or between a group of uh, customers or members of a church or or whatever the type of organization it is when there is individual or relational trust that begins to erode then what occurs then is that starts to move throughout the organization and it has a significant effect on people who are interacting with the day-to-day or the week-to-week activities of the organization. But there is a trend. Um, the research is showing that it is trust is something that is declining. So in some, some specific industries, it wasn't necessarily that high to begin with, but overarching, there is a continual um, decline in trust. But the, the good news is, Because trust is something that can be uh, identified through those building blocks and then measured, once we begin to measure something and begin to define what the current reality is through quantitative and qualitative and empirical assessment, we then can move an organization forward and start to identify ways in which to strengthen trust. So Hope is not lost as it relates to a declining level of trust. We do have opportunities because we can measure it. The the question is whether or not a leader or a team or an organization is committed to, if they're courageous enough to do the assessment necessary in order to define their current level of trust and then have the organizational discipline and oftentimes the intestinal fortitude to be able to take the steps in the right direction to begin building trust, which it takes a long time. It takes a long time to build trust. And one of the things that I wanted to, I would love to get your thoughts on this, Dennis, but um, I believe that there is a delineation between rebuilding trust and also forgiving someone. And I believe that we are, of course, all called to forgive others. But when somebody has broken our trust, even if we have forgiven them, I'm not quite sure that we are fully called to trust them at the same level that we once trusted them. I don't know if that's necessarily possible. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting on kind of the delineation between forgiveness and then rebuilding trust. And I would love to get your thoughts on, on that notion.
0: Yeah, I did another podcast episode with a pastor who grew up in an environment that wasn't good, and uh, and he talked about the trauma of unforgiveness and then you have to deal with the uh, the abuse that went on, but his whole thing was the trauma of your own unforgiveness was a whole big issue itself, let alone dealing with the trauma of the past, and I think maybe in this situation as well, uh, we have to get to a place where we can forgive, and until we can, we have that trauma of unforgiveness, and true trust can't take its root in us while we have that unforgiveness.
1: That's exactly right. And and even when we forgive someone, um, that trust in that relationship will probably never be the same. And it may may never be at the level at which it once was. And so it's just an interesting dynamic. One of the things that I noticed, the work that I do with organizations, it surfaces very, very um, personal and vital conversations. And when you're working with teams of individuals and you're able to surface some of these Issues around a lack of trust, or maybe there's a really strong level of trust, but they want to ensure that they continue that momentum. Um, it's it's been so rewarding for me to be able to come alongside organizations to really help them that, help them with that, and then help them with a, a simple yet meaningful framework to where there's a shared understanding, a shared model of what it means to build trust. And so that's where. You know there's there's a lot of opportunity for organizations to kind of declutter perhaps notions of what trust is and what trust isn't, and really create some clarity around this vital organizational requirement in order for organizations to thrive, whether it's in the marketplace or a ministry or a church context or educational realm. Um, these are all consistent, consistent things that we we must be committed to, and trust is is certainly foundational to to many of those those things within organizations for for them to be able to thrive.
0: And I would think as you begin to break this down and some of the mis, misperceptions and uh, un, misunderstandings as you break that down, I would think people would be really excited to see how they can begin to build that level of trust back that they've lost and maybe they didn't even realize they lost it.
1: It's true. It's it I one of the the words that that comes up often is, you know, we we have hope that we can move forward or, you know, we're talking about things that we've been sensing all along, but when we've been able to shine a light on it and surface some of these damaging elements, maybe behaviors of the organization, not necessarily always intentional, whether it's with individuals or with policies and practices. But when we start really sitting with it and, and not being in a rush to move through those um, various complexities, that's where we begin to see organizations start to heal.
0: You were part of a national survey on brand and trust uh, a few years ago. And uh, was there anything in that national survey that you were part of that surprised you?
1: The two, Yeah, the, it's a great question. The two things that, there, and we have many, many slides worth of data, but the two things that really stood out to me, the first one was Across all industries, and we did this nationally, um, but across all industries, the level of trust between frontline employees and leaders, only about 51% uh, of individuals have a high level of trust for their leaders. So 51%. So if you have a staff of 50 people or 100 people, if you cut that number in half or 1,000 people, you cut that number in half and you realize that your organization is operating with half of your workforce where they don't necessarily have a high level of trust for their leaders. So that was a sobering reality. And what's even more interesting is, as I share that the statistic and that data with individuals, oftentimes they're not surprised by that number, which that's that's even more troubling for me that that's not a shocking number for them. But then the second thing that was really, really compelling is there's this gap that occurs between frontline employees or or individual contributors and leaders of an organization, and that gap in the perception of trust on average is thirty-one percent. And so, a leader may feel like, at a on a scale of one to ten, that they've got a level of trust of say eight. But the reality is, is that their individual contributors or their frontline employees, they may only have a level of five out of ten from a trust standpoint. And so, it's within that gap, that separation of that perception of trust, where I believe we really start seeing things that are damaging, like. Um, toxic work culture, um, troubling behaviors, you know, things like whisper level conversations or gossip or quiet quitting or whatever the case may be, those things tend to take root within that gap of perception of trust between our frontline, our vital frontline Individual contributors and also leaders or leadership teams. So addressing that gap, doing everything we can to move that gap closer and closer is really, really um, a vital activity and something that an organization must be committed to in order for them to to maximize the impact that they're having with the people that they serve.
0: I would think every leader would want to talk to you just in terms of uh, increasing their productivity, and if you can increase, you know, small increments of productivity on multiple different uh, facets it really the bottom line is a lot lot better i think having trust would be something that would really help the bottom line so how can uh, our podcast listeners uh, we've got pastors we've got uh, people in the marketplace how can they get a copy of this uh, survey that you did
1: yeah, the best way to, to reach out and to get some of those results is to go to our website, which is trustcentricconsulting.com. On the website, you can fill out a, a brief form and then I'll send over 10 of the key takeaways from, from that national research. And then there's also some other research, uh, some other research as well as some other resources on the website um, that I can share as well. But would love to connect with with any leader, any team if they would like to learn more about ways in which their organization can both assess and then start to take action on strengthening trust uh, for their organization and also share some of the experiences that I've had with with other organizations whether it's ministries or corporate clients or nonprofit organizations or educational institutions we work with with all all types of of organizations uh, in various industries
0: i was intrigued by the name of your consulting firm and it's trust centric one word one word. So, uh, un- unpack that meaning for us. Trust centric, not as two different words, but as one word.
1: Yeah, one word. Where where there's this this idea of you know what would it look like if we were to in all of our relational exchanges, in all of our team meetings, and all of our policy decisions, and all of in whether maybe you're a pastor and you're developing a sermon, and 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 the sermon that you're writing is is focused first and foremost on what is trusted most, and of course. Uh, for people of faith uh, we we are uh, grateful that we serve a God who is completely trustworthy. And so the idea of the business name is to really help organizations keep trust at the center of everything that they do. and so therefore the name trust-centric was born and uh, it's something that it holds me accountable in the work that I do with organizations and also as I encourage other organizations to, continue to find ways really practically, tactically, and vitally to keep trust at the center of everything that they do, whether it's with relationship or in strategy or vision of the organization, we have an opportunity and make and can make decisions and be intentional about keeping trust at the center.
0: Well, Corey, this is fascinating to talk to you about trust and the important role it plays in our life, uh, daily life, in our church, in business, in the marketplace. And I know on your website, you've got a lot of different, uh, a lot of uh, content and information. You also have some assessments uh, for their business to gauge a little bit where they are on this issue of trust. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the assessments that you can offer people.
1: Yeah, the assessment is really a vital element. You know, the the first step in really strengthening trust is to be able to assess where an organization is currently at. And there's no way to do that unless you have some type of an assessment, whether it's the full, full quantitative 49 question assessment that we share with organizations or more of a qualitative, even utilizing focus groups in order to create conversation and dialogue around trust. But we always begin with some kind of an assessment. And then from that assessment, we're able to then apply this model and this framework. And then, of course, we want to put that into action. And so we work with organizations to help them establish their blueprint or their plan moving forward. And then in six months or 12 months, we can utilize our assessment tools in order to reassess where organizations are at, where are there more opportunities, where are there opportunities where they're gaining traction and momentum. And that assessment tool is very, very vital because that assessment tool becomes the truth of their current situation. And I heard a quotation a couple of weeks ago, I'm not quite sure who said it, but they said, show me the data and I'll show you the truth. And so for our organization, that assessment, that data becomes that initial seed of truth by which we can begin to build upon and strengthen trust.
0: Well, Corey, thank you for coming on the Unconventional Ministry podcast to talk about trust. It's so such a vital component of everyday life and business and in the church. Uh, thank you for helping to clarify it. And I encourage our podcast listeners to get on your website, Trust-Centric Consulting and uh, look, some, look through some of the materials and do some of those assessments, reach out to you. Uh, you can come to their business and uh, really help uh, increase productivity by defining some of this misunderstanding in the area of trust. So thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Dennis. I really appreciate the time today.
0: This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends and leave a comment. SAT-7 is a Middle East and North Africa broadcast media ministry making God's love visible and the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. SAT-7 USA has resources in helping you honor God while protecting your family. You can avoid another regret, which is the failure of not creating an estate plan. Through a partnership with Financial Planning Ministry, SAT-7 USA provides Christian experts to assist you In preparing your will or trust, all at no financial cost to you, visit www.sat7usa.org and click on the tab Planned Giving for more information. SAT-7 simplifies the process and makes it easy for you so that your family and friends don't have to bear the burden and regret of your failure to create an estate plan thank you again for joining this episode of the unconventional ministry podcast